My name is Gario Harrison, and I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of a new audio series I've been working on called Unpacked. These are basically audio recordings of casual, wide-ranging conversations I've had with people I find really interesting. These are creatives, entrepreneurs, technologists, business leaders, to name a few. The goal here is to capture their answers to the most basic of questions in order to unpack how they work, how they think, and the lessons they've learned. I think you'll really enjoy these conversations. I've certainly enjoyed being able to have them. That said, kick things off with Mike Coggin, Chief Creative Officer at Color McVoy. Enjoy. All right, Mike, uh, thank you for taking some time to sit down with me today. Um, and let's, let's, let's just start with introductions. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. Uh, my name is Mike Coggin, and I am the Chief Creative Officer of Call McVoy, okay. which is a fully integrated agency in, located in downtown Minneapolis. Okay, cool. What, um, what kind of clients do, does, do you guys have? We have a wide range of clients uh, spanning agriculture in Winfield, which is the, uh, the brand is, uh, tied to Land O'Lakes, Inc. Okay. Uh, we have Explore Minnesota Tourism, Associated Bank, Grain Belt Beer, which is part of August Shell Brewing Company. Uh, we do work for, uh, let me see what else. I know I'm missing a lot. <laughs> uh, we do work for Senex, which is uh, gas and convenience stores uh, located in 19 states across the country. And uh, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. So a wide range of clients across a whole host of categories. Uh, Alanco, Animal Health, uh, Harkin, which is a new uh, health startup uh, by United Health Group. And uh, yeah, so it's, it keeps, keeps things interesting every single day. Spend, spend, spends a wide range. So one thing that I, I think I've heard in the past that Colleen McVoy does differently is like you guys focus on a lot on what you'd call, you know, businesses that have a long um, history. Is that, is that still the case? That is, uh, it's somewhat true. I, our, our whole ethos is, is, uh, is summed up in three words. Okay. We, we modernize brands. And uh, it's easy to turn to look at that statement and think about old brands that need refreshing mm -hmm. or old brands that have lost their relevancy and we help them recapture it, which is certainly true. Mm -hmm. um, the other way to look at it as, um, and what we prefer to do is, is think of we modernize brands as a more of a mindset. And so whether you're a startup company or a company that's been around for 100 years, uh, it's all about your mindset and how you go to market versus um, your heritage or or your history. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So then, as the chief creative officer, what does your day look like? Like on a typical day when you walk into the office, you know, what's the first thing? Yeah, it's that's a very difficult question to answer because my day is has some notion of an unpredictability to it but my typical day is actually f is booked so from the moment i walked in until the moment i leave mm -hmm. um, i'm booked solid and uh, it's uh, part of it i'd say there's usually a part of it that has to do with um, the agency mm -hmm. its vision and where we're going and meeting about that um, there's a good part of it that is 
uh, geared toward new business. Mm-hmm. And so um, what, what uh, pitches we're in or what uh, opportunities we're trying to create mm-hmm. with, uh, with new clients and new partners. And then a part of my day is also reviewing work, looking at work and, and seeing um, ideas before they go to presentation or ideas that are in production, looking at um, the state of those ideas. And then finally, uh, a, a part of my day is just uh, a bit of the unknown. And mm-hmm. so that could be a personnel issue. For example, maybe someone has an offer and we're trying to get them to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someone isn't getting along with someone in mm-hmm. uh, within the department or within the agency. And so I'm helping troubleshoot that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someone is just having a bad day mm-hmm. and they just need reassurance and a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, Part of my day is definitely unpredictable, mm-hmm. uh, but it's usually um, much like our di- our diverse client base. My day is very diverse in terms of all the efforts that are going on at the agency. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, so let's go deeper in, in, into one of those categories. Um, working on a, are you looking at ideas? Like what, what does that look like? Are you getting, um, you know, a meeting invite with, an agenda and you can give 30 minutes to the team? Is it an hour to the team? Are you, you know, getting in there on the whiteboard, you know, kind of helping to facilitate a conversation? Like, what does that look like? Right. It, it varies. I mean, part of it is uh, if I'm heavily involved in a client or a project, then I'm right there in the thick of things um, at the wall. And so a lot of our a lot of our uh, the spirit of Call McVoy is is collaboration or partnership as we call it, um, which happens at the wall and open spaces. And mm-hmm. so we invite people who are members of a project to see the state of things from strategy through execution at the wall, and we can discuss and debate things as a team. Uh, and so there are times when I'm at the wall with the core team working right there hand in hand with them more as a team member, and there are projects where I'm more on the periphery where um, the creative directors um, on my team are kind of leading those projects mm-hmm. and I come in and out and uh, provide counsel, fresh set of eyes, things like that. So it really depends on the project. Um, and there are, there are projects where I'm very um, removed and from it. And mm-hmm. so, um, but usually it's somewhere in between where the creative directors are really running the projects and I'm, I'm simply a, set, a fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. and a fresh perspective on, on um, their take or their vision on, on what's happening. Okay. So, so how do you, so, so your team primarily consists of, you know, the creative directors within the org, correct? Okay. And all the people that um, work underneath them mm-hmm. or work um, in partnership with them. So that could be, uh, in the creative group, it could be art directors, designers, or interactive designers. Um, obviously, project managers and mm-hmm. producers kind of fold into that mix. Um, and then if you extend beyond that to the multi, multi-disciplinary team across mm-hmm. the agency, you're talking about uh, people from insights, analytics, public relations, media, and user experience. Wow. So, so when a project comes through the door, you guys uh, like tackle the initial, okay, what are we going to do for this client as a team initially, like to, to, to set the, to set the idea in motion. Yeah. The bigger projects, it is truly 
all walks of agency life coming together and discussing how we're going to approach the challenge in front mm -hmm. of us. And then we decide who, who are the best people based on the business opportunity to tackle this problem. And, uh, and then we, we uh, align around that mm -hmm. and uh, create a, a set of action steps. Um, first of which is um, strategy, you know, insights gathering, and then creative brief development. And then we're kind of off to the races in terms of, of creation. And uh, what we try to do is, is really break down the walls um, between departments. And we try to do that as best we can. And because uh, in today's world, you know, we're, it's, it's no longer advertising. We're mm -hmm. creating experiences. Um, we're creating events. Uh, we're creating utilities for people, and that requires more brains mm -hmm. on it and brains from all walks of life, which makes makes it hugely exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also makes it complex at times. Who do you bring in when mm -hmm. and uh, how often? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so then, you know, initially when we kind of talked um, earlier about what is something that we can really unpack and kind of get really really deep on you had mentioned um the this idea of yes and mm -hmm. um you want to go into a little bit more detail on that sure yeah there's there's a book that uh i came across uh by tina fey called bossy pants and uh it's uh basically the story a very funny story on her life and uh how the world of improvisation has highly influenced her life. And in, I've never done improvisation, but apparently there's, uh, there's a foundation of this notion, yes, and. And what that means is when you're uh, ad-libbing with someone uh, or people on stage, um, you, whatever they say, you might have no idea what's going to come out their mouth, but your job is to yes, and that, to take that idea and build upon it in your own way. And then the next person takes it and they, they add their yes and. And so by doing that, you're actually opening, opening the storyline up to comedy and story flow versus uh, a no or that's weird or what were you thinking, um, which shuts down the conversation or the improvisation immediately. And uh, she creates in this book, she talks about the parallel of, of this notion of yes and and opportunities that unexpected opportunities that came to her, you know, from becoming a member of Saturday Night Live to uh, her TV show, 30 Rock, and the movies she's been in, et cetera, et cetera, where mm -hmm. she was faced with these terrifying uh, career life-changing opportunities that were big and audacious and um, were certainly opportunities to fail and fail mm -hmm. big. And she used that spirit of yes and to embrace those opportunities and make the most of them and open herself up to failure, open herself up to new possibilities. And we've all seen the benefits of that from her own career and, and all the things, all the great things that she's done since mm -hmm. um, her days at, at Saturday Night Live. And what I'd like to do is, uh, you know, I'm an eternal optimist that way. And, and I've always seen great things happen when the team that's on a project has that spirit to them, that yes and spirit, regardless of the budget, the time, 
um, the constraints that are that we're facing. Mm-hmm. If we think of it as an opportunity to to solve challenges versus find opportunities to or excuses why we shouldn't do it, um, it it really opens up the world for new solutions, for truly creative thinking, mm-hmm. um, overcoming challenges, and all the things that. Um, both work for you as an individual at work and at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any specific examples you can share? Yeah, sure. There's there's one in particular I was, I was thinking about uh, on my bike ride here. And uh, one of our clients um, from a few years back was Schwinn. Uh, and so America's most storied bicycle brand has been around forever uh, we partnered with Schwinn for a few years, and uh, one of our first initiatives when uh, we signed on as their agency partner was an idea we called uh, the Schwinn Bell Choir, and it was around the holiday time, and we went to them and said, what if we created this uh, site experience where um, we, quit, we created a, a uh, you know, bike bells, when you ring a bike bell, mm-hmm. um, it, it just brings joy to people's lives. And we said, what if we actually created tuned bike bells that um, if you strung a get together, let's say eight to 10 different notes, if you will, different cyclists that all had a bell with a different note, you could actually um, create a bike choir that plays uh, holiday songs huh. like jingle bells, um, joy to the world, mm-hmm. things like that. And, uh, and so we brought this, it was, a, it was a idea that one of us had, and uh, it was very close to Christmas time. And the client said, we love it. Let's do it. And, uh, and so it was one of those moments where we're like, okay, we just sold an idea. We don't even know if we can pull off. How did you guys get to that idea? Like what? You know, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I, I think there was part of it. Um, the previous agency had played with a bike bell as one of the icons for the campaign. Okay. And I think that was, we took the spirit of that and mm-hmm. the joy and uh, the fun sound a bell makes and combine that with Christmas time, mm-hmm. and, and we ended up with the Schwinn Bell Choir. And uh, what happened thereafter um, was a small group of people who rolled up their sleeves and said, okay, let's figure out how to make this happen. We had to make the bells. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just buy bells that play to different notes. So we had our, our producer actually fashion the bells in his basement oh, uh, nice. in his workshop. Uh-huh. And uh, they purchased it at a music store. They tuned the bells in his basement. Um, we worked with a, a partner um, to capture the video mm-hmm. portion of it um, and do, did all the casting and, and wardrobe selects and all that. And then we had these bike bell players line up and we shot them playing these songs. And, uh, and then from there, we created the microsite experience um, coupled with a do-good notion. So every time you, you shared one of these e-carols, we would donate a bike to a, a kid in need. And so it was, a right, it was a really nice way of creating awareness for Schwinn, but also mm-hmm. um, with a give back component as well. Mm-hmm. And this was all done in the span of three weeks, um, tuning, you know, making bells, um, finding casting, doing wardrobe selects, video shoot and microsite development was all done in the, the notion of three weeks. And that never would have happened if, uh, any one of the team members didn't have that yes and spirit to them. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody was just like, my, this one piece of it, I 
there's nothing I can do with it. Yeah. And just exactly. that, that would just basically slow the momentum down of the entire team. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So that's one of my, my favorite uh, stories of Yes And. And, and that's, I think, when, when creators and, uh, and, you know, when I see Call McVoy at its best, mm-hmm. um, it's the entire team with this Yes And spirit that just says, you know what, we can, you know what, we can make this happen. We're a bunch of smart people. We'll work hard and we'll do it because we believe in the idea that much. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, well, let, let, let's take a step back. So you... Right now, you know, when, when, when did you do that, that, when was that project? I believe it was 2010. Okay. So was that your role at the time, the chief creative? I believe my role at the time was, it was a similar role. It was Mm -hmm. executive creative director. Okay. And, uh, and so that was basically, I was running the creative group much like I am today. Mm-hmm. The only difference in my role today as chief creative officer is I have more, more um, people reporting to me. So mm-hmm. all of production um, directly or indirectly reports to me as well, whereas before that didn't. So, okay. So what was that career path and the decisions that you made that got you on that path? To where you are today like from college like when you when you graduated college like what what were those steps yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna start a little bit earlier than college okay if you don't mind and and i'll I'll make it i won't i won't belabor the point but i think it's an important one uh you know i'm i'm the youngest of four kids okay so i have three siblings and growing up uh, I don't remember this. I have no memory of this whatsoever. But growing up, my parents would take us to art museums, right? They'd expose us to culture. And uh, they said that uh, when they'd take me to these museums, I was maybe two, three years old. Uh, I I was the only one who was really enthralled by looking at paintings and sculptures and the visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my older siblings were bored. They were yawning, they were complaining, they were whining. But here I was just totally engrossed with what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I wanted to, to share that story because that, that notion of being drawn to the arts and the visual arts and visual communications is, I think it's, it's innate. It's something that I was wired mm-hmm. to do. Um, so fast forward through high school, uh, I was all, all uh, took, arts class, arts classes, you know, gifted and talented program. And one of my art teachers who since passed, Ed Smith, was phenomenal. He really pushed us and challenged us to create art that was different, uh, art that was part of our personality, uh, our style. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always talked to us as if we were all going to pursue a career in art. Mm-hmm. He was that passionate about it. Uh, and then when I got to, to college, I went to the University of Delaware. I uh, assumed that I was going to go into business and engineering. Uh, and part of it is because I, I've always been intrigued by business. Mm-hmm. The engineering notion was uh, I had a strength in mathematics. And so I just, it just seemed natural, right? Business and engineering, those are noble fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely my parents would, would be proud of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I found was I couldn't get into those programs because it required a, a GPA and a, and a, a SAT score that I, I wasn't, didn't ha- have high enough scores. Mm-hmm. 
So I took what I had, which was my art portfolio, and mm -hmm. I used that to get into the school through the arts program. And so my objective was to transfer out of the art school and into engineering or business mm -hmm. within a year. What happened was when I got into the art program, I came across a professor, uh, his name's Ray Nichols, who's since retired from the University of Delaware, who was um, one of the leading members of what was called the Visual Communications Program. And this was this convergence of, uh, we call it marketing, mm -hmm. but it was the convergence of business and art. And through graphic design, through advertising, and through photography. And uh, at one of these open houses, he showed the work of alumni. He showed people who are working in New York doing commercials for Hershey's and uh, uh, Blimpy Subs, which is, a, which is a sub shop in New York, and um, famous, really famous brands, Cognac Hennessy. And I was just blown away by the creativity. And Were you uh, a sophomore at this time? Or? I was a, I think I was a freshman. It was, okay, so, so this was like in the beginning. This is the beginning. Okay. Yeah. This is the end of my freshman year. And because uh, you had to apply to get into the program, mm -hmm. which started in your sophomore year. So I was just completely inspired by what the alumni were doing. And I said, I just knew right then and there I wanted to be in visual communications. And so I applied to the program. I got in. And, uh, and then the rest is history. From there, mm -hmm. I had a portfolio, which was pretty awful. Um, no fault of the, of the program is more on me. But it was good enough to get my first job. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Which so, was? Which was a small um, agency in Baltimore where I grew up. Were you, what, what, was, what was your role? Like, were you a production artist? Were you a junior art director? Like, what was the I was a junior type? art director. Okay. And I worked on, my, our biggest client by far was Intercontinental Hotels. Okay. Which is four and five star hotels across the world. And uh, I had no, I, could, I had the hardest time thinking of ideas because here's this guy who came from straight from college straight from partying and drinking and going to concerts, trying to work on a hotel geared to a business travel mm -hmm. traveler, an upscale business traveler was really, really difficult for me to work on. Uh, but that was our biggest uh, client by far. And so 80% of my, my work um, at that agency was for intercontinental. How big was the agency? It was about 30 people. Okay. So you, so you were able to pretty much have visibility into like the entire organization. So, you, so there's some learning that could take place there as well. It was great. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. Grow, you know, starting in a small agency, you really learn the mm -hmm. ins and outs of the business and, uh, you get exposure to things that you wouldn't have otherwise. And you have to roll up your sleeves and, and play several roles, mm -hmm. which I think has served me well throughout my career. As you got in and you're, you're starting, like, what were the tools that you had to learn quickly on the fly to transition from to a brand new category that you have no experience in um, to be able to produce good work for that? Mm -hmm. like what, was the, what were some of the things that you had to do? I think part of, a big part of this industry is being a student mm -hmm. and, uh, and having a learner mentality, uh, whether that's learning an industry you've never you've never worked in and have no knowledge of, or it's learning a new technology or social platform that's taking off, mm -hmm. uh, or it's learning about 
how analytics is is influencing our business. It's that learner mentality is so hugely important. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, I you know I'm just a learner in general. That's that's just how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's that curious that curiosity that will serve has served me well and, and serves everyone that I know really well mm-hmm. to just have that. Hmm. I wonder if or why is that or, or how do I put myself in their shoes? How do I become that person so I can really understand? So I can I have empathy and understanding for what they're going through because uh, it's not until then that you can really come up with ideas and communications and uh, that really connect with people. Was there a moment that you you remember that where you kind of made that switch of like, you know what, I can actually do this. Like I'm, I, f- I feel overwhelmed with, with the fact that I don't really understand this category to going, but you know what, I'm a learner. I can actually figure this out. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment like that? I think those moments come every few years to me. Mm-hmm. And part of it might be just with having a different role, you know, just growing in my career and, and having to learn the nuances of a new role. But I, it's there are definitely moments. I had one at school where I just was really struggling. I, I didn't feel like I was getting it. And, and I think sometime in my senior year, there was a moment where it clicked. It's like, okay, I understand that um, part of communications is create being creative, but part of it is being really clear mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, kind of learning that. And uh, there have been several of those throughout my career where I felt like it clicked, um, whether it's uh, creating an ad that's not only creative, but clear to um, learning a new medium, mm-hmm. um, for example, TV or um, digital experiences, which is, is you're constantly learning mm-hmm. in that field. Uh, to how to present in a room is an art onto itself. How to motivate people mm-hmm. is another art. Um, how to connect with pe- uh, people in a room full of 30 versus someone one-on-one. They're all different opportunities to learn mm-hmm. and uh, opportunities to uh, make mistakes and learn from those mistakes as well. Cool. Awesome. Um, so I guess... Uh... It's a couple more questions. Uh, if so, on a day to day basis, like what are some of the tools or processes or you know, kind of hacks that you use to stay productive? Um, on you know, on, on a day to day basis, yeah, sure. Let's see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can come up with three here because there, there are three that have been on my mind. Um, the, the first is there's this book that my first creative directors gave me when I at my first job in Baltimore. And uh, it was called Call Your Way to the Top. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was an illustrated book. It takes about a half hour to, to, to rifle through it. Um, it's not, honestly, it's not that very good of a book. Um, they did it more out of humor than anything mm-hmm. else. But there is one tidbit that has stuck with me and that is uh, make, your job is to make your boss's job easy. And I think about that all the time. And uh, you can take that very literally, the mm-hmm. person who is your supervisor, mm-hmm. how can you make their life easier? Or you can look at it as the boss being the consumer or the boss being your client. Mm-hmm. And uh, those all, if you think about it, uh, making the lives of consumers easier, 
the lives of your clients easier, the lives of your supervisor easier, it changes your perspective on things. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you get frustrated. Sometimes you're pushing for ideas that the client is saying, ah, that's, that's not the right idea, but you mm -hmm. keep pushing anyway. Um, if you come with this notion of making their job easier, it just changes your outlook on life. That served me um, pretty well. Uh, the second thing is we are in the age of multitasking and it's really hard to stop. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I've gotten better at in the last few years is focusing. And mm -hmm. it's still, it's an art and it's still something I haven't mastered and probably never will. Mm -hmm. uh, but truly giving your yourself time to put the phone aside, mm -hmm. Uh, shut down the computer, whatever it is that allows you to focus, mm -hmm. um, you can get more done. You can be far more productive if you're not ping-ponging back and forth in mm -hmm. between projects or conversations or um, what's on your phone with this versus what's on your, your pad in front of you or the project mm -hmm. in front of you. Um, that focus allows you to feel like you're uh, allows you, it gives you more energy mm -hmm. and it gives you better output. Uh, and so, and you read about this all the time, you know, what makes the most effective people the most effective? And that is a common theme is their ability to put the non-important things aside for uh, a specific period of time mm -hmm. to allow them to really singularly focus on what's really, really important. And whether that's 20 minutes or an hour and a half, it doesn't have to be large chunks of time. Mm -hmm. But if it, they're smaller, more focused periods of time, you will get a tremendous amount of done. Uh, and so versus trying to do all of it at the same time, mm -hmm. it, just, it leads to clutter and it leads to this feeling like you're, um, you're not accomplishing things mm -hmm. and you're not having the, the biggest impact that, that you possibly can have. How do you get into that flow? Like, how do you, um, cause I, I, you know, being in, living in this, this age too, I struggle with the same thing. Um, and I've acknowledged the fact that yes, you do need to block off time and to be able to focus on things. But I find that I still, it does take me time to get into a mode where I'm actually productive. So, you know, is, is there anything that you do to, to fast track that? Do you like, turn off notifications on your phone? Do you close a door? Do you do it outside? Do you do it somewhere? Like what are some of those that used to get into that mode? Yeah, I think the, there are many things. All those things that, that you just um, rattled off are things that I've, I do or try. Mm -hmm. Everything from putting my phone to the side, uh, taking it out of my pocket, I think is really important because you, know, you, you, you hear the buzzes and the vibrations and all that. And, and so physically putting it, away from your, your being really helps. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I turn the volume off on my laptop and so I don't hear notifications. And sometimes when, uh, you know, those email alerts come up or, or calendar alerts come up and disrupt, I'll, I'll turn off email for a specific period of time mm -hmm. as well. I love carving out. I love going away mm -hmm. too. So no one can find me, um, whether that's on campus or off campus, that's hugely helpful. Uh, and part of it too is just knowing, um, knowing who you are and mm -hmm. when you, you are most productive. And so if your best think time happens in the mornings, trying to preserve that think time is hugely important. And mm -hmm. knowing that all the other to do tasks, answering emails, 
answering phone calls, um, doing the, the mindless things or, or the less um, intellectual things at the end of the day, if that is you're better served doing that or when you're tired at night, make sure you, you preserve your time for that. Um, so yeah, they're all tips and t tricks, but I think the, the biggest part is to um, allow yourself the ability to focus and be in the moment as much as possible. Cool. And then you had one more? Yes. And uh, the last one is to remember to connect with people. And uh, whether you're an employee or you're managing a team, that one-on-one -on -one connection is so beneficial to both parties. And uh, one of the things I try to do, um, regardless of how busy I am, even if I'm walking to the cafe to go get a glass of water, I try to say hi to people. How you doing? Um, what are you working on? And uh, you, you know, we can. Our lives are scheduled, but um, creating that time where it doesn't feel scheduled, where you can just drop in and find out what people are up to. That's when you really learn about things, and when you really can connect with people. And uh, it recharges me um, instantly when I carve out five minutes to to have a conversation with someone I haven't talked to in a while. Cool. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. I think that's, that's a great uh, point to end on. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.